And we are back with another Black Window Cream podcast. New episode every single Wednesday and Sunday. I'm your host, Ben Haggerty, a.k.a. Ben Real vs. World. And today is episode 187. Today's guest is creative director and photographer Ashley Osborne. She is best known for touring with acts like Jesse J, All Time Low, and Bring Me the Horizon. She's photographed for Billie Eilish, Taylor Swift, the Jonas Brothers. She's worked with major brands such as Vans. And most recently, she shot the cover artwork for Selena Gomez's latest album. In this episode, we discuss the history of her touring, her struggles with creative depression and overcoming the anxiety of social media pressure, and the reason why she decided to stop touring completely to focus on herself and build a home base in LA. We also dive into the Vans shoe campaign she directed, where she was able to collaborate with some of her favorite artists and major festivals, her mission as an artist to portray women in music as powerful and as beautiful as they can be, and lastly, she shares her entire story behind how she was able to shoot Selena Gomez's album artwork in 60 seconds using just one standard light bulb to light the entire scene. This story is insane. We have a fucking awesome episode for you today. Also, before we get started, I wanted to let you guys know about something excited we just started here at Black Window Cream. I've been wanting to find a way to connect with our podcast audience and our Black Window Cream community as a whole on a deeper level. So I decided to set up a phone number where I can text all my creators directly. This is going to be an awesome line of communication between me and you. I plan on sending out weekly motivation from the podcast, creator tips, updates on the YouTube videos, contests, and all of that. And to be honest, I would love to hear your feedback feedback on the episodes and give you a chance to have a say in future podcast topics. So anyways, shoot me a text. I put a link in the description that will auto load my number into your contacts and then you can just shoot me a text that way. Or if you're a, a person that likes to manually type things, uh, go for it. Please be my guest. Here's the number. It's 319-209-9041. So shoot me a text. Tell me what kind of creator you are and I will log you into my contacts. I can't wait to hear what you think about the podcast. And uh, that's it for the update today. But if it's your first time tuning in the podcast, you are probably wondering. What the fuck is Black With No Cream? Great question. Black With No Cream is the illest educational resource for content creators fueled by caffeine. Or at least I take my coffee Black With No Cream, but you can drink or not drink whatever caffeine you fuck with and still be a part of our community. We have thousands of members from all around the world working together by sharing content, asking for feedback, passing tips and tricks along to one another with the goal of pushing each other to become the best motherfucking content creators on earth. And you can join our private group if you want to by going to bwnc.com slash join. We would love to fucking have you. Please join. And without further ado, I bring to you my episode with Ashley Osborne and the most epic podcast intro ever created. Right? Motherfucking now! Ladies and gentlemen, Ashley Osborne. DJ Horns for you today. DJ Horns. What are you drinking? Tea? You're drinking tea on black with no cream? Yeah. I already had so much coffee. All right. We'll, I know. We'll, we'll let it slide. We'll let I it slide. had an oat milk latte today, four okay. shots, and I Shit. had. I made another batch at home. I just finished it. I have to go to tea, otherwise I will die. I yeah, will literally fall over and die. <laughs> um, but I've I'm been sorry. trying. To, I've been trying to get an interview with you for damn near what, like two years, I would say. Shout out to my boy Andrew Doyle, who's early, early podcast dad. guest. Um, yeah, your dad. He's the my best. Dad. He, he runs all of our merch for Black Window Cream too. And Andrew is like, yo, you got to get this girl on here. She's the shit. She's a crazy photographer, blah, blah, blah. And I looked you up and your work is nuts for, for photography. You. you are through the roof. You're killing it. Like it means so much coming from you though. Well, are you kidding? No, I'm glad I'm that kidding. you finally you finally bowed down to us and let us have this moment. I so did, rightfully <laughs> so. Yo, so I thank mean, you, you covered so much ground, and and I think what was cool about of me trying to convince you to get on the podcast 
was we talked about, I don't know if we want to start off with this or not, but like creative depression being like a super real thing that you've dealt with. And I said that we've talked about it a million times on this podcast. I think it's mm-hmm. a, a great subject. And what made you so nervous to want to get on this podcast? Yeah, dude, <laughs> we're getting Doyle, right into it. I Therapy. am getting into it. Yes, I know. But Doyle, Doyle would tell me that you would, you were great. And then he told me, I think you used to, did you do instruct like course? Like, I don't know what you would call it, but like a live photography class. Did you ever do something like that? Am I mixing um, this up with something else? I did a seminar in LA yeah. and then I partnered with Vans to do a couple seminars in Chicago where like I call home. But yeah, yeah, right. I, I love, I have this like a affinity for teaching. I want to be a teacher one day. Like I love teaching kids and helping kids learn so much. So that I've done, I did a lot of that. And I think that, yeah, that was like right after, right before you had reached out to me the first time. Right. Cause he okay. said, he's like, you gotta check her out. I was like, oh, hell yeah. And then we want to get you on here to do the story and we'll do your full story at some point. But now we finally get you on here to teach creators how to be ill like yourself. And oh. when you do those classes, right? Like you go up and st- is there a same, do you have the same anxiety when you're doing that type of like one-on-one real interaction? Or is there something that separates it from you being nervous to talk about your, I guess, accolades on like podcast form? I mean, I think in real life, I don't get scared to talk about it. I I think there's just this pressure of like acknowledging and I even feel uncomfortable saying this, but acknowledging that these kids. So the first seminar I did, I charged like $25 and it sold out immediately. And it was insane. And all the money went to mental health. It went to hope for the day. Oh, Um, awesome. Yeah. And and that was really, really fun that I got to do that. And, And I think there's this pressure of like knowing these kids paid to show up and they're, and I, and I don't want to like let them down. I want to make sure they leave feeling like they actually took something away from the process because you know, there's yeah. a lot of pressure. They, they paid money to be there. And, and I just want to want to make it really inclusive and really like real and honest. And, and the first one I did uh, was in LA and that one was about mental health. And it literally just turned into like everyone in the room crying and all of us talking about anxiety and our feelings. And it was, Holy the shit. coolest, most magical thing I've ever gotten to do. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, that was our whole topic of conversation was, was that struggle with stagnance and how real that depression gets. And it's so interesting that we're talking about this now in a time of complete stagnant, yeah. stag, stagnance, yeah. um, where every creative I know is, is struggling a lot and including myself, you know, like I'm, uh, I'm so grateful to be busy right now. Um, and I don't take it for granted, but there, there are definitely times of where I do feel really stagnant and, and immediately I'm like, Oh, I'm a failure or people are going to forget about me or all right. this like hard. I've literally busted my ass the last 10 years to build these connections. And, and I worry about that all the time. I worry about this feeling of just becoming irrelevant and like mm. all the hard work I've done, just like not mattering anymore. I don't right. know why or where that comes from, but I find it really similar. And I feel like you'll get this to that feeling of, um, I used to struggle so much with going on the road and then coming home and just falling completely into a hole of, of, just a disastrous hole. Uh, yeah. and, and, uh, it's, I find a lot of people who tour also feel that way where they, you know, they are on, they're on tour and every minute of your life is planned out. And then you come home and you're just like, now what? I'm right. still, I don't know what to do. And now we're all just like forced into this stillness and everyone is struggling so much right now with it. And it, it has to be addressed. Like I'm concerned about people's mental health after this 
especially the people who aren't creatives, who, who work nine to five jobs and then they're forced to be home. And then now they're like suddenly back into this like hour and a half commute every day and be in the office for eight to 10 hours. And like, like, it's just this, this period of time I think is so transformative, but it's so important. And like, this issue is something that needs to be addressed immediately. Yeah, absolutely. Shit, that was a whole crazy. rant. The, I know, the it's level great. of concern I have for society right now is like what's driving my anxiety to be honest. <laughs> I'm just like constantly worried about everyone that well, I it know. It sounds like you're a really caring person. That's what that chalks up to be. <laughs> Thank you. But it's, you know, I think it's just like creatives. I've always had this philosophy that creatives are, are just built differently. I mean, we're, we're literally created. I always say like we're creatives are created and and our purpose on this planet is to see the world differently and experience the world differently and, and i think there's something really beautiful about that and about how empathetic we are as creatives that, that also has this like added thing of like oh we are really empathetic we do feel energy like we do pick up on all these things so we're all like fucked right now we're all struggling yeah. a lot it's so yeah. real when you when you you know before this whole covid shit how what would be the balance of you on the road versus off the road. Like, cause you've toured several times. Yeah. I don't know how many tours you've done, but. A lot. And I miss it so much every day. Um, but I, I kind of like, I was on the road from pretty much like end of 2013. I did my first, my first real full us tour, uh, end of 2013. And then I was, I was out on the road pretty consistently through the end of 2016. And then I had gotten really, really sick. Um, and that's like a whole other journey, like a whole right. other journey we can go down later. Um, and then I did it. I couldn't really shoot after I got sick. So I kind of had to reteach myself to shoot. So I had this like whole kind of like year break. And then wow. at the end of, uh, 2017, I started touring again because I had met, um, an artist that like completely changed my life and inspired me. And I was like, I have to go back on the road. So I, I kind of had played around with, with tour, like, 2017 2018 and then i ended up back on the road with all-time low in 2018 which was amazing and uh, i spent most of that year with them and then 2019 came around and uh, they were slowing down and i just kind of felt this like need to make a, ho a real home base uh in la because i had taking the jump to move here after I got really ill because uh, the surgeon that I wanted to have my, to do my surgery was at UCLA. So that right. was why I actually moved out here. But I knew that I was going to end up here eventually anyway. Um, and I think I hit this point in 2019 where I was like, okay, I want more. Like I want to do press photos and editorial. And I, I, I've done the tour thing and I just felt creatively really exhausted by mm. the idea of being on the road again. Um, Cause on the road, my mental health also like takes a hit. Cause I have no time to self care or really focus on, on my day to day life or my home life. So I felt this big urge to take a step in a new direction. And I kind of pulled myself off the road and just started like busting my ass in LA and taking meetings and like trying to just grow and network and just like evolve as a creative, you know, yeah. take a step in a, in a new direction and focus on the next chapter of my life, which well, is, has been amazing. And I, I've loved every minute of it. 
And I think for people who are listening right now, you kind of get a glimpse of, you know, from 2013 to pretty much like a year ago, it's like you're constantly traveling new cities. Every You're on someone else's agenda. You're working for someone else full time. As much as you want to think like people have nine to fives, you're 24 hours a day on tour. You never know mm-hmm. when you're going to, some wild shit's going to happen that you want to go capture or whatever, or you're editing when shows are done, you're on the bus. It's just exhausting. So for people to come off the road <laughs> and to try to adjust back, especially if you have no one else curating your schedule when you're home, right? Like if you come home, you might be home for like five, six months before another tour happens before you tried to kind of stay settled. But mm-hmm. it is I think that's easy for, cause we talked about this on the phone the other day where we're like, it's so defeating when you're constantly on, on with one person, right? Say an artist and you're touring with that artist and their fans are starting to follow you because you're being shared. And then you build this like social identity. And then if you stop talking about that, they stop giving a fuck. And then you feel mm-hmm. worthless because people aren't caring about the content you're sharing, which is the dumbest shit in the world. And I hate, that's what I fucking hate about all this shit is that it makes people like you or me, whoever, I know so many people that deal with this, especially right now. Oh my God, it's uh, quarantine. No one can go outside. So definitely don't go outside and start posting more content of you continuing to work because then you look like a dickhead because you're not staying inside and being quarantined. So, so much pressure in social media. But what do you post? They post throwback shit. And now everyone's just trying to stay relevant during this time. So they feel like they have to post something because if they don't, then no one's thinking about them or no one's caring about them or no one knows that. But mm-hmm. when we were talking about it the other day, it's like, yo, to be honest, if you, if you look at it from that aspect of like, a brand and how brands care about you. You're like, Oh, I have this much engagement. I do this much on my posting and this is how many likes I get and all this shit. Cool. That's what brands want to hear. But if you're not fucking around with brands, it doesn't really matter anymore. As long as your feed Mm. is incredible with your work, which it is, then the only thing that matters for is the next time you bump into someone and they're talking about whatever and you kick them your resume, which is your Instagram and like, Oh shit. And then you're, they're spending a ton of money on you because your feed looks great. They don't give a so fuck about true. likes and shit. And it happens all the time. Like those interactions happen so frequently, especially living in LA. But yeah, there, there is this like huge added pressure of again, irrelevancy and like, so much of my following being from, you know, when I toured with Pierce the Veil and Paris and Bring Me the Horizon and All Time Low and like all these fans that have such diehard, beautiful, incredible fan bases that mm. I love. Like I love those kids. And and I see so much of myself in those kids, which is why I also feel this pressure of like making sure I also serve that community too and like inspire and uplift that community of like young women who are really passionate about music. Cause like that's where I come from. Like when mm. I was 12 and 13 like I was that girl going to shows and like wanted to be in the front row because I wanted to take pictures of my shitty point and shoot camera like that was literally me so like I do feel a lot of pressure to like serve those kids because I fucking was that kid and like I will forever back those kids because I think that they're so important and they're so important to the music industry like people can make jokes all the time about this is a whole other rant but people like talk shit on like the concept of like fangirls and and like that whole ideal when really like that is like what the music industry is based off of like those fans who care so passionately and are following the photographers of of the bands that they love because they want to like be as close to this to these artists that like inspire them on a day-to-day basis you know and like that's why those those young women and those young fans came to me was because they saw another woman on tour with the band that they love, which is very rare, especially like five years ago, that was like literally non-existent. Um, and yeah, like I, I want to serve that community and I, I want to like be a safe space for that community still, but 
you know, there is that battle of like, if I'm not posting photos of those bands, uh, then like, they're not going to care. Are they going to unfollow or, you know, like, like there's Jesse J fans that come to me and like, want to see photos of her and like, don't care. And I know we talked about this too, with like the beehive and like things like that, where it's like, you want to serve all your followers, but also like, what is that? What is that? Like, where is that boundary of like, am I, am I doing this for me anymore? Or am I doing this for like literally everyone else? Like, what do I, what am I proud of? What do I want to be sharing? And like the work that I'm the most proud of is like usually not what anyone that follows me cares about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's like, it's really weird. It's just, so, so what, what, what's the, you know, you told me, that you are in a much better place than you were when I originally tried to get you on the podcast. Right. So you finished touring. I don't know. And I, obviously you're going to come in and do a full interview on this podcast at some point, whatever this shit's over with. Okay. The full story will be told. And I want to tell this, this whole surgery thing that whatever happened there, I don't know anything about it, but I'm assuming (laughs) after all that transition and you've been home and you started taking meetings and you started developing new clients, is that what, by being kind of local and building your foundation here, did that help change a lot of your perception or, or, or yes. help with your creative depression? Changed everything. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I started going back to therapy. Um, I started getting into a, a real routine at home. Uh, I started having a real friend group again. Like I started having more consistency in my life. Um, a lot changed, you know, it's like, it's, uh, when you're going literally a hundred miles an hour all the time, there's no like literal way to ground yourself in that moment. Mm. So when I, like, it was really hard at first to make that transition. But once I saw the benefits of that from like everything from my mental health to my bank account, to my home situation, to like, I think really when I started to truly heal and get better was at the end of 2019, when I uh, moved into this new apartment that I'm living in now, Yeah. Um, which to be honest, I've like never said this out loud, but I've never once in my life felt more at home ever than I do right now. I've never felt, I never had a consistent like home when I was little. I never, I never just like had a, you know, like I, I don't want to get into my backstory of my parents and like my childhood, but like I moved around a lot. Like I never, I just never really had a consistent home that I felt really, really safe in. And now I have that and it's completely changed my life and like my apartment, like I don't ever want to leave it. And I think like having a really safe space where I could actually like nest and like make a home and like buy things for my room and like buy it, like buy furniture for the first time in my life. I think like, made a huge difference. Cause all those years of touring, I was like sleeping on floors. Like I paid rent to sleep on a couch for a year. Like I literally was just like bouncing around. I was living in a basement. I was like, I lived in all these crazy places and I just never I was living out of suitcases. And mm-hmm. even when I moved to LA, I literally moved to LA with four suitcases. Like that was my move. So it, it's just like, it's been a really long journey, but, but at this point in my life, you know, I just turned 28. I've, I've never been more proud of myself and my accomplishments. And I've, I've never felt more grounded and in tune with like who I am as a human, as a creative, like literally everything. So I think that completely changed my life, just having this consistency. And and I kind of battle with that all the time of like, will I ever tour again? Will I ever like, cause now I get so much joy out of like these random jobs that'll come up. That'll just be like for the weekend where I'll leave for a few days and then I get to come home and it's like, 
everything to me. Mm -hmm. Like I love that. And the idea of like going out and touring with an artist on a full record cycle again, I just don't know if that's like the healthiest thing for me right now, which is really hard. It's really hard. But I also think you're in a position and this is kind of the best part of all this shit is that as you develop in your creative uh, career, it's like you go out and you do these long trench tours like you're just in the trenches going hammer sleeping on floors doing whatever it takes to develop your name and develop your skill set and and build your relationships with these artists whatever cool you've done all that for years and years and years and years and now you're in a position where it is when those times come around you you kind of have the luxury of saying like i can't do a full tour but i could go out for yeah let me pop out and capture and make a story out of this or or whatever it is where you're Mm -hmm. able to pick and choose your battles which is like that's the we all say yes to everything. Do you feel like that? Do you, have uh, you felt yeah. that like kind of what I'm feeling with touring? Like, yes. I, how do you feel about it when you like have to no. go out for prolonged periods of time? Or do I you think, still like want to do that? Well, the I like have turned. No, I like yeah. I know answer shortly because the same about me. But I think uh, I think I like being on the road. I love traveling and exploring shit and just kind of like pushing my body all the way, like just to see how far and how much I can pull just off. Just like adrenaline like, rush. Yeah, it really just, is for like three months straight. Yeah. But the problem is, is that when you're gone, as soon as you leave for that tour, real life freezes. And I am a person that juggles like multiple things at once. And I'm sure you are too. It's like when you're trying to develop like a new relationship with the brand and you want to work with that brand, maybe you do one job, but then you leave for six months to be on tour and they want to hit you up during the tour and you're trying to figure out how to balance that shit, that becomes super yeah. stressful and exhausting. And you also, you know, touring, I just think there's never going to be enough money in it to make me want to continue to do it the older I, I get. But I think I it is about way. you, you knock it off the bucket list. Cool. Now what else is interesting to you? And, and that doesn't mm-hmm. change what kind of creator you are. That doesn't, shouldn't make people think like, Oh, they're, they're boring not to me because they won't hit the road. It's like, you don't know what that's like. <laughs> you don't know what hitting the road is like, especially yeah, when you start out. It's nuts. But I do think literally crazy having a home and like having your place. Like I'm excited for you to have that because there is something about being able to like check out, like you can't check out if you're at your homie's house or you're sleeping on the homie's couch or you're on a tour bus because everyone's just being like, Hey, we're here to create. That's our job. So let's create, 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 create. Oh, it's one in the morning. Let's go out and fucking do this thing. And you're like, I mean, I'll do it cause I'm here. But if you were able to go home, that means you're like off the clock. Like, let me be off the mm-hmm. clock for a little bit and fucking reset my brain so I can attack tomorrow healthy, like in a healthy manner or whatever. You know what I mean? It's interesting to think about. Yeah. No, Shit. it's so, it's literally, it's all I think about. It's right. all I think about. And I think, yeah, it's like, also I think something really interesting that you said is like, like working with a client. And then when you leave, like I would find that like leaving made me anxious because I was like, if I got hit up for a job and I had to say no, it was the, it was like, it would ruin my whole week. I would feel yeah. absolutely terrible about it. And then I would be like, Oh, that client's going to forget about me. They're not going to want to hire true. me again. Cause I'm it's losing this true. opportunity. So I know it's, it's not true, but it's like, it's, it sits with me really hard. And the I don't hard- know why I think, they, you know, do again, you think I that your think clients like to to like do you think the bigger brands that you work with do you ever find that they almost like 
enjoy the fact that you've worked with the artists that you've worked with because then it makes them look really cool to their bosses when they bring someone like you in to be creative on a project. Cause I've noticed that. So like I may be yeah. gone for so much time, but when I come back, they're fucking holding me by the shoulder, walking around. This is this person, this person, he did this and this and this. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, yeah, I did. I did do that shit. That was cool. Does that yeah. make me keep getting these bags from you guys? Cause I, yeah. I'm cool with that. It's like, no, it's I totally, I feel that. And I definitely have that, um, with one of my bosses. I, this year, what was really weird total side note is like a month or like three weeks before quarantine started. Uh, I had had a call with this agency like last year called black box. They're like this amazing marketing agency in LA. And the owner called me a, a year later out of literally nowhere and was like, Hey, Ashley, like, I know this is really random. This is Livia from Black Fox. Like, I need to hire you. And and I like had a had a meeting with her. Immediately was like, I love you. I need to work with you. You are everything I want to be in the world. Like, she is everything I could ever want to be as a leader, as a woman in music, everything. Um, and 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 I have I feel that support with her especially because I am part time kind of creative direction and consulting for them. And she's just like, I never want you to have to say no to work. If you have a shoot with a client, like I would rather you miss this meeting and me be able to say like, no, my amazing creative director is doing a photo shoot with X client right now. And like, I can be really, she's really, really like really proud of that. So I definitely do think it is an asset. Like it it can be an asset to, you know, have to miss things because of other opportunities. I think it's just the way that you handle it with, with that client and always just handling it really carefully. But but most of the time people understand, I've always found that like, if somebody wants to work with you, they want to work with you. And like, they will usually if it's possible work around whatever it is that you have going on to make it happen because they reach out to you for a reason. So I think, you know, I do need to own that, own that a little bit more and and be proud of that. With uh, (laughs) like being in, LA now and having some time to be here and, and kind of adjust and, and get your you know work on like obviously I want to talk about the Selena Gomez album artwork cover that you shot at some point but are there other projects that you've worked on that allowed you to stay here or maybe do quicker travels that you were excited about over the last like year two years yes so many um specifically uh this job that I had with fans last year was like my favorite thing I've literally ever gotten to do uh they have this campaign Vans is like First of all, I've literally worn Vans since I was like eight years old. So right. the fact that I even get to work with them now is like the coolest, <laughs> literally the coolest shit in the world to me. Right. Like I will never forget calling my mom and being like, mom, <laughs> I got a job. I'm going to work for Vans at South by Southwest. And she was like, oh my God, like yeah. it's, it's that deep rooted in me. So there, I mean, getting to work with them is everything. Um, but last year I got asked to kind of be an influencer, but also kind of project manage and, and, uh, do kind of creative direction and shoot content for one of their campaigns. Uh, it was like this comfy cush wear test. So they okay. had this new shoe come out and we shot content, um, at Warped tour, riot fest and voodoo festival and Warped tour. We had Mark Hoppus, uh, Frank arrow, our Frank arrow from my chem, uh, CKY. And then like, we, we just had the craziest people help us with this campaign, Travi McCoy, Anthony green, like all these artists that I looked up to forever. Um, Adam Lazar from taking back Sunday. It was amazing. Uh, so I kind of got to like head that and help the artist relations person there, Brie, who is literally the best person in the world, uh, help her reach out to artists and kind of build this campaign with them and help them make these connections. And it just felt really good to like facilitate that and, 
kind of have a project where it made me realize that all my hard work the last several years and all these connections I built really paid off because I got to like hire all of my musician friends to like wear the shoes and then shoot with these artists at these festivals that I've gone to for years and voodoo specifically I've always really wanted to attend so it was just incredible to like be able to do all these different things and that project was kind of like what really inspired me to want to get more into creative direction and um, just like working on more like advertising campaigns and, and really pushing myself out of my comfort zone like it was just so fucking awesome to like go to all four of these festivals the last year of Warped Tour and like work on this beautiful campaign. It was, it was so cool. Like that's, I'm so proud of that. So So did you team up with like the artist photographers or were you the one photographing? I was shooting everything. So you shoot everything. Mm -hmm. So So we'd like get them shoes and what? It was like seeing them with the the product on or whatever. Yeah. So it was like basically documenting these artists wearing this comfy cush shoe at a festival and, and just showing like, how literally I'm not even being paid anymore, but how comfortable the shoes are to wear at a, in a festival setting and just like showing these artists really candidly, like shooting Anthony green, sitting in the back of his trailer and Travis McCoy, like drinking whiskey in his green room, just like showing all these artists, yeah. like how in their natural environment, wearing the shoe. And it was just like a co- really cool lifestyle campaign and a really, really awesome concept. So that so- to me was just like, I love getting to do shit like that. And I got to work with Marriott on a campaign too for their hotel company, Aloft. Um, So I got to go to Dublin and Chicago. And it was about like, we had like Dermot Kennedy in Dublin and he played a show in a hotel lobby, like 10 stories up overlooking the city with like his closest fans and like family and friends. And it was just amazing. It was like about bringing artists back to their hometown and showing like how real these connections are and like kind of honoring where you're from as a creative and just like getting to work on that type of shit is so cool. And then I'm gone for like a weekend and then I get to come home and it's like, I did so much and I got paid fairly. And then I get to come home and like be back in my house and decompress from that where, you know, tour is not like that again, long tangent, but I love getting to work on stuff like that. When when you're working with brands like, um, like Marriott, like how, how does the connection happen for you? Are you signed to an agency or are you solo? So how do you partner with brands? Totally. I'm totally solo. Uh, this girl, uh, who's now become a really good friend, Sarah Ruby was working for a loft and she was doing all the social media and she like was the one kind of doing all the creative and created their grid and stuff for the hotel. Um, so she reached out to me and was like, Hey, I'm doing this project. I'd love to like have you as one of the photographers. And it was supposed to be one date. And then it ended up turning into three dates, uh, potentially four dates. And then China got canceled because of COVID uh, and then I ended up not being able to go to Mexico because I had another client in LA come up, uh, that I really wanted to shoot for, which ended up being Selena. Uh, so I, I wanted to stay in LA and do Selena, which ended up being the day I shot the album cover. So I wow. was like, had a feeling yeah. that I shouldn't do that job. So I, it, it was hard having to tell a lot kind of what was going on, but they were just like, Sarah was like, I mean, duh, you have to do like, you have to shoot that. Right. You need to go do that. And See, you know, like, oh. she's probably going back to her people and be like, yo, sorry, but the, you know, <laughs> this doesn't work. Cause she's shooting Selena Gomez. Right but, but, but that's like an important lesson too. Cause it's like those brand relationships to me are so much more than like a brand. Like I, I just feel like all of those opportunities have that have come up for me have just turned into like really beautiful friendships and connections. Mm. And I value that so, so much. And, um, you know, Sarah's not even at Marriott anymore, but I know that like 
somewhere down the line we'll get to create together again right. and like i'm already trying to like help get her on some of my projects doing design work so it's like i just think all those relationships are so important because you just never know where anyone's gonna end up or be working down the line or like when you can help one of them out and give right. them an opportunity to shine like i just think it's really important to what what's like advice that you would give to photographers um when dealing with b the beginning of a relationship with the potential brand maybe it's like being what, what would you do to prepare to be found or maybe it's like you've already kind of got the connect and maybe you you know maybe you bumped into this person at a party and you want to try to impress them with your work what would you do to go about kind of pitching yourself have you experienced that much or do you have any advice for people yeah i mean i think my biggest advice with that is just that like i never i don't I don't think you should look at meeting people like seeing dollar signs. Um, I think, I think that so much of my work has come, especially the last few years, so much of my work has just come from like real genuine friendships. And like, like for me, I've, I've learned my lesson and like have signed NDAs, but I can say that like, I have gotten those really big brand jobs that were like so much money. Um, and they just came to me out of nowhere and then I did them and I realized really quickly that like everyone that was a part of the project kind of sucks and like, <laughs> they're not, they're not empowering me. They don't really care that I'm there. They just needed a photographer right. and like, I don't want to put myself in those positions again. So when it comes to like working with brands, um, to me, it's just like, I would rather not make the money and like not have to work in a really triggering like awful situation and i'd rather just like really get to know the people that are hiring you like ask people questions about themselves like and not in a kiss-ass way but in like a really genuine way like i'm just always very honest with people and like right. every time i have a conversation with a brand i explain to them that like i am really passionate about what i do i love creating but my biggest priority is that I work with people who are going to value my work, value my time and like truly want to collaborate and like create a really healthy environment to do that in. Because I don't, I don't, I will not put myself in another situation. That's like just not enjoyable. Cause what's yeah. the fucking point? Like money is great. But like, if you make a lot of money doing a really terrible job, then like, what did you really get out of that besides the check? Like you right. didn't make any connections you didn't like enjoy the experience. Like I just, I don't really, I try not to look at work like that anymore because it just has never benefited me or suited me in the past. So like now I really just genuinely try to get to know everyone that hires me. And, and I've said no to jobs because I didn't really vibe with the people that reach out to me. I'm not that's, gonna lie. Like I, I've had calls where I'm like, these people like, they just don't really get where I'm coming from. They don't, they don't really know much about the creative, like, anything I'm talking about, I can tell they just like kind of like needed photographers when they reach out to me. Like, I don't, right. I just don't want to put myself in those positions. Granted, I don't want that to come off. Like I'm really privileged and I can say no to work. Like there's definitely been times where I really could have used that money and yeah. I'm, I'm not like I'm paying off student debt. I'm paying off medical debt. Like I am not by any means this like wealthy white girl. Like I, you know, I, I have a lot of financial obligations that I'm still paying off in my life. And I, you know, it's just like, I'm not, I just, to me, it's not worth my energy. If, if yeah. people are not like empowering me, <clears throat> like, what's the point? Right. It's just like money isn't worth it. If you say no <clears throat> to things that don't suit you, I've always just 
now I see money as a like money and abundance to me are just an exchange of energy. And I just feel like if you give your energy to somebody just to get money back, that's just like, no, nah, there's no point. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my rant about that. So no, I feel like with brands, true. just be really careful. Like yes. the contracts are real and like you would, ha- I would hate to end up in a situation where I'm con- contractually obligated to do like three events for a, a client and they're just terrible. And then I'm stuck doing three events with people who are not nice. Yeah. You know? Or just want like, it's not worth the it. Worst, the worst is when you're brought on and they, they want you to be this cool, creative person that you are. And then, then you get there and they're like, we need 18 of these things delivered by a Monday and this needs to be done. And, and it's just the most cookie cutter shit where you're like, what? This isn't, this is so dumb. Why are you having me do this when we just had this yeah. discussion over here where you wanted me for me, but now you want me to be this person or you want me to act like I can create like, it's like, so feel stressful. good. Nah, it doesn't. It doesn't feel uh, good. When you, when you, um, made that decision to dip out on that last job and then ended up on, was it, so was it Selena's music video shoot that you were on set for where the album artwork came to be or was it, is this? Yeah. Yeah. It was the, it was the, um, video for boyfriend that she just put out. Right. Um, and I got hit up for that after I had made the other agreement and I was, it was really hard decision, but I'm glad I made it. And again, like I had that really close relationship with the client. So the client, like, was like, congratulations. Like, yes, you have to take this other job. And I didn't even tell her what it was. I just said, this opportunity came up for a client that I really, really care about and want to work with. Um, and I'm really sorry, but I think that I have to not do this event. And they were like, absolutely. Don't worry about it. Like right. we'll figure it out. All good. And I and was also like, it's like, thank you. You know, hotels are always going to be there because they're hotels. <laughs> artists change their fucking mind and who they are every day. So I would like to hop in on this while I have the door open. Yeah, is it, uh, it's just like for me, my biggest priority in the world is like, I just want to empower the most powerful women in music so they can empower millions of other people. Like that's always been my dream. So like, right. I can't even fucking believe that I'm in a position now in my life where I'm working with all these powerful women in music. Like I have literally worked with every woman that I've ever looked up to basically. And that's That's fucking crazy. And like, I don't take that for granted. So when an opportunity like that comes knocking, I literally drop, I will drop everything because I just, it's like everything to me. I just can't even fucking believe that this is my life sometimes. Like I'm just so thankful. It's wild. It, it is really wild. Crazy. Do you feel it's really I mean, wild? How does I'm it sure feel for you? Feel you? That too, though. Like, yeah, what but, is your life? <laughs> but I mean, it's just I feel like in a male-driven industry that I feel like everyone's safe to say that that it, it's this male-dominant shit. Everyone always is. I see it all the time in the comments that even on our on our podcast. So like, talk to more women. I'm like, dude, I I'm trying to even meet more women in the game. It's been my my first introduction was just a bunch of dudes. So when I started the podcast, yeah. I'm like, who do I know that would talk on the podcast that's in film? this dude, this dude, this dude, this dude. And then I'm like, okay, who, what women do I know in this shit? And it's, it was hard to discover it. Now I'm, it's become like, really, I've found this access to like so many incredible women that are talented as fuck killing this shit. I love that you're even aware of that. The fact that you're even thinking about it. What would drive me nuts? It drove me nuts that Mm -hmm. it was like the, I can't remember who the first, um, who I had on the podcast first. I was a woman. Anyway, what I was getting at is that being a woman that is fighting in this male dominant space, right? It's not even fighting, just you're in in this space that I feel like a lot of these jobs are just, the, the bags are always handed to dudes 
by default or they create their clicks and they have their own infrastructure where like the brands will always work with these clicks because they're all the cool people that everyone wants to be with. And rarely you see a woman mixed into that mix, right? Like that shit happens all the time. So it's literally the truest thing that anyone has ever said. Yes. (laughs) But uh, I'm just out here on my own in my own little Island living my life. And I'm proud of that. I'm really proud of that. I've never felt welcome in the boys club and that's okay. I'm, I'm fine with it. The, but it does exist. Club. And I love that you're just including women in what you do. Cause I think it's really amazing. And now more than ever, like so many people are aware of it and empowering women. And I think it's so fucking cool. But my whole like life goal is to just like make sure that every woman in music, every female artist feels beautiful, feels confident, feels empowered in men too. Like, I just feel like I've, I genuinely, I don't know how to say this. I I genuinely feel like my superpower and my purpose in this life is to empower people and make them feel empowered so that they can empower like millions of other people, especially in this climate that the world is in right now. Like the world is literally falling apart. Like it's on fire. There is a fucking epidemic. Like it's so real. And like artists have always been the voice of the world. Like artists speak to everyone. Like, it's the reach and the power that artists have is so beautiful to me. And I just like feel so fortunate to be behind so many powerful artists and women who are just genuinely trying to make a difference. And it's so beautiful. Like I'll never understand how it's become my job and and, like how I'm here, but I'm so grateful. And like, now I fully realize that that is my purpose. Like I just want to like help everyone. But I wasn't always like that. I wasn't always like that. Sure. And I feel I'm interested in like, you know, having shot I mean, you shot some of the most powerful women in music and being able to do that and being able to even, all right, walk us through what, how did the album artwork come to be? You're on set to just do general behind the scenes of the music video. And then did you know that you were going to potentially be shooting cover art for Selena or did, did that just happen randomly? Like what, what was kind of the day like? It was super, it was kind of random. I mean, the most incredible thing in the world is that like all of the the interscope creative team like most of them are women and uh one of them pulled me aside and they were like hey i need you to get this shot of her tattoo sometime today because it could be the the album cover for the deluxe edition and i was just like what What? excuse me uh but hey like when you go into those jobs you're given a day rate and you are usually bought out with an nda and a contract so Mm -hmm. I was paid very fairly. Uh, and I was like, fuck yeah, let's fucking go. Like, let's fucking go. Let's get the shot. (laughs) Uh, so it happened literally after they had finished filming and they pulled her in really quick. Cause I was like, shit, we never got to do it. Pulled her in, we shot it. It took literally 60 seconds. I just like literally held my button down and like kept moving around like a psychopath for about 60 seconds, maybe. And I was like, okay, got it done go ahead. You're, you're good. Good to go. And everyone was like, what really? And I was like, yeah, like it's fine. It's, it's, it's good. We got it. Cause I was That's like, good. there's only, we were like in silver Lake in the back of a fucking dry cleaner. It was like dimly lit. There was like racks of clothing all around us. Like it was just the worst possible setting, but it was the only place on set that had any lighting. And I knew that if I shot it with my flash, it would be too overexposed because the tattoo is so small right here. Mm. And it's so thin 
that I knew it would be like really overexposed and look like shit. So I was like, we're going to the back of the dry cleaner and we're going to fucking get her done. And we did it. And that was it. It was literally so fast. So, so you fast. didn't have, you didn't have any external lighting. This was all literally using natural light in a fucking literally dry cleaner. Natural lighting. Like 8,000 ISO or some shit. Like so Holy grainy. Shit. Just done in a, a one minute. And then, yeah, that was it. And she was, she's so cool. She's just literally the most normal person. So she's just down for whatever. And we did it. And I told her, look that way, chin up, da, 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 da. It was like, boom, 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 done 60 seconds. <laughs> did you, <laughs> did you, did you do like, um, uh, assuming that you were going to, you knew that you were going to shoot this. Did you kind of scout that spot out during the day and kind of play? No. You literally just were like, this is the spot we're shooting? I literally no idea. We Holy had just shit. finished shooting. And that was, again, the only place that had light. So I was the like, shadows uh, are so I guess we're going Ill. into the dry cleaner. Yeah. It like, was. The shadows makes it look like you shaped light in every way possible in this space. Yeah. And that's what I think is so fucking cool is that. There was like it, one light bulb hanging over in the video. There's like a poker table and there's one light hanging over it. And that was it. I love that. And I said this make to you before. Make it till you make it, man. I, I, it you you make just it. gotta but, make but sure. But I love work. that. Think about this. Like, think about literally, not even maybe five years ago, how much money people would spend on a fucking album artwork shoot, and then so to true. the point now where they're able to play off create creators, play off people mm -hmm. that are on their feet, on their toes, ready to capture shit at a high level. The fact that you spent years being able to do that. And that turned into this and like, think of what this will do to catapult you into more jobs in the future, being able to do profile pictures like this or, or portraits that could be used on like magazine covers it's just from so doing crazy. this. Because dude, I was like, again, like I was that kid. Like I was literally that kid who like, like I'll never forget. I, I bought every single one of Avril Lavigne's albums the day they came out when I was a kid and I would, I would buy multiple albums so that I could cut up all the artwork and put it on my walls right. and like that I loved album artwork Man, so much like it was so my long. favorite part about getting getting a CD and like opening it and like unpackaging all of it and like looking at the album artwork and then like putting it all over my wall and like listening to the song as I read the lyrics to Avril Lavigne crying in my room when I was like eight <laughs> you know like, and then right. all these years later I'm shooting album artwork and now I'm I'm working on some projects that I can't talk about that I'm like designing album artwork for like my heroes. And there that shit is crazy to me. And it's like, life is just so full circle and amazing. And like, it's just so weird. And all of those artwork pieces that I shot have like never been, I don't think have ever been planned to be artwork except for like, a recent one that I did with Rebecca back where we went into it and we were like, okay, we need to shoot these three things. Blah, blah, blah. Who? Like, do you say Rebecca uh, black? Yeah. The Friday, Fucking my, my Friday? queen. Yes. Wow. I she think I is, tried to DM her to get her on the podcast one point at one point. She is literally everything. She's a, like a queer icon now. She's just so beautiful, so kind. I would literally do anything for Rebecca Black. I love God her. Damn, and I Rebecca think her story Black. is so important. Yeah, I'm sure her story is going to be nuts. Fuck. Yeah, she's um, amazing. With, yeah, with, but, with, oh yeah, sorry, continue your thought. I interrupted you, my bad. What no, were you it's just like, yeah, all of those, all of those things like are, every time I shoot a piece of artwork to me, like it genuinely makes me super emotional when I like, see it and I'm like in my car and I'm like I click it on Spotify and then my photo shows up on the thing and like I just did uh, my photo was all time lows album artwork and like we didn't even plan that either like it was just like a 
we did this shoot spontaneously because our Airbnb was right by this mountain range in Palm Springs. And I was like, we've got to, I just really want to go shoot right there where we can see it from the house. Like I just had this feeling to like go, there's something about this thing. And then we did it and they're like, Oh yeah, this is the artwork now. Like this is it. And I was like, okay, great. It's just never, it's never planned. It's always like really spontaneous. And like I did EP artwork for Paris and it was literally because we were out shooting like a rock sound piece or something. And, uh, Lynn had had this concept of like a white car and like, whatever so we get to the beach in the middle of the night and there's this random white car just sitting on the beach what the fuck and we were like what and we started <laughs> shooting around it and she was like yeah we can't like these have to be our album cover these can't be given to anybody else and i was like well okay yeah <laughs> like, fine. we'll insane. shoot other stuff but it's just it's always like super impulsive and it's never i don't know it's like the fun funnest part about it it's just like thinking on your toes and making shit work and never like oh i find that if you if i over plan something it just like never goes how i want it to go do you ever feel like that if if i like i could plan until the day i die but like the shot that we planned or the concept we planned is like never what we actually end up liking the most it's always this other random shit that we didn't even intend to shoot but we just did because we could like I think there's something really beautiful about that and just like spontaneous art and like how that is like catching people in that moment of, of like unexpectedness and like confidence and and like fun when they're just like not expecting it to be anything. And they're just, they feel a lot more comfortable in that moment. I think there's so much to be said about that, like pulling somebody in to take a photo and doing it in 60 seconds ends up being an album cover seen by millions of people but it was millions. just like not not planned at all it was just like in the 177 moment million people on instagram alone that's fucking yeah, ludicrous you know what i mean those numbers are just like don't, don't even make sense fucking weirdest most magical thing that's ever happened to me I'll, again i Congrats. will never understand how i ended up where i am ever but i'm well, really it's called thankful. hard work champion that's what it's called it's hard work over and over again doing Thanks, it so. over and over again um okay to end this, got you though no, i know so. i that just flew by so quick remember I know how did. scared i was to do this and she now was. i'm like what yeah, no, we could do this for hours. That's that's great. Thank we, you so we, much. We got you I never feel comfortable talking like this, and you've really no, just like you. created a space where I really can. So I really appreciate it. I, will, I wanted um, to say all this shit for so long and talk about these things, and I just never feel like I can. So thank you. I'm glad. No, this is awesome, and I think that everyone's gonna enjoy hearing this shit because it's just it's cool oh. as fuck. And I'm glad I'm glad you're open to talking about it. I want to end this with like a kind of a final question for you is having worked with all these different, I mean, ranges of different types of artists. And then specifically now, like some of the top artists in the world, as far as like popularity goes, like Selena being one of them, but like the teams that are behind them, the people that are hiring you, what do you think it is about these people that they see in you that makes them value you as a creator, someone that they would want to have on their team? Oh, that's a good one. I think, um, I feel like now that I'm at this point in my life that I've never been in where I feel as much as my anxiety will vary, I've never been in a point in my life where I feel so confident and sure of myself and comfortable. Um, and I think that I take, I take that attitude with me everywhere I go now. And I just try to be 
a light. Like I try to be a light on set. I try to be a light for the artist. I try to be a source of comfort for everyone. Um, and I think that I was never, I was not always like that because I used to be so insecure and feel so competitive. And I think I'm really grateful that I'm in this mindset now and like attitude in life where I feel very like open and giving and, and try to make everyone comfortable. And I think that that's, that's why people hire me. Like that's why my clients come back to me is because I just really try to hear people. And I do go into, into shoots with that mindset of like, I want to make this artist feel as beautiful as I can, as comfortable as I can, as empowered as I can. And I want their team to know that. And like, that's just the mindset I go into everything with. And I really do feel like, um, I know a lot of clients who have told me before that they just like appreciate my energy on set because when I'm working, I'm just very like, okay, whatever, like most stony vibes ever, just like very chill, very relaxed. I don't get stressed out when I'm working. I'm just like in the zone. And I think that says a lot. If you're like, you know, I've, I've worked with photographers before who are just like very like manic and like kind of all over the place and like stressing everybody else out around them. And like, I don't ever want to be that person. Yeah, like no. I just try to keep all my sets very small, very relaxed. Like I'm burning Palo Santo or sage. I have candles going like that's my energy. Yeah. That's like my 2020 energy is like fucking chill, you know? Right. And I just try to create that space. And like, even when I'm like, on set of a music video it's just like that's my favorite thing to do is be on set doing behind the scenes because i really want to direct one day and i just try to be like very out of the way it's just use common sense like right. be respectful of the environment you're in like and use common sense like i've i've never posted photos without getting approval from the artist like don't be stupid just mm -hmm. use common sense and like be respectful of the fact that like when you're getting brought into an environment you're there for a reason and it's like a really sacred thing, whether it's a really small artist or a really big artist, like you're there to be a part of this creativity and this like magic that they're creating. So right. honor that all the time and just like carry that energy with you of like gratitude and like relax, like don't be an added stress because everyone is already fucking stressed out. Like <laughs> offer to help. Like I've shown up to set and like have helped people load shit in just cause I'm there and I have nothing to do. And it's like, Same. You might as well just fucking help people around you. Like, just be, be kind, be nice, be loving, be be calm. That's my. No, I'm giving you a crowd, crowd cla clapping, but I can also. As <laughs> <laughs> well, fucking said. I feel like it's an important, yeah. important rule, and I think a lot of people may skip that shit because I feel like they know what they they their objectives are. Or for they the day, want the clout. To, they just they want, want to post that photo right away, and it's God like, damn, chill. Why would champion. you ever post a photo of anyone without their permission? Like, don't do that shit. Right. You will be so fucked if you do that. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. It's like the biggest, most disrespectful thing you could ever do. I think. Love it. Um, thank you so much for doing this shit. I can't thank wait to have you, you in here. It's going to be this awesome. This so fun. Yeah, I'm glad. I can't wait. I can't wait to share it. I'm we excited. will share links to uh, your Instagram and all that in the bio, Avi. So make sure to throw that follow down if you're not following already. Um, but thank you. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll do this soon. Thank you. Yeah, seriously, this was so fun. You're the best. And everything <laughs> you're doing is great. Thank you for empowering creatives and just like being a leader in the community. I really appreciate it. Thank you. No, I appreciate you. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, cool. Bye. <laughs> 
that's it for episode 187 with Ashley Osborne. Huge shout out to Ashley for coming on the show. Make sure to subscribe to Black Window Cream Podcast if you are not already. And like I said at the beginning, I'm giving out my phone number to all the podcast listeners and anyone in the Black Window Cream community. I would love to hear from you. Your feedback means the world to me. So shoot me a text, 319-209-9041. Tell me what kind of creator you are so I can save you in my contacts. I cannot wait to talk with y'all. It's been nuts seeing how many people are messaging me right now and trying to keep track of it. It's pretty crazy, but honestly, I fucking love this shit. So yeah, say what's up. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Black Window Cream. Send us a screenshot of you listening to this episode and tell us your takeaways so we can, you know, reply to you and tell you thank you fucking God for listening to this episode because you're the shit and we wouldn't do this if you weren't listening. So thank you so much for that. All right, that's it for today. Enjoy the work week. Keep creating. We will see you in a few days, you bitch. <laughs>